Gera can hit them. Did oh, what a goal by Zoltan Gera! And still Baptista, yes! It's Kamai, it's fantastic! One from David Villa, great finish! He's done just that, he scored! Jorginho's done it! Kubu making another glimpse of goal here. That is terrific. Hello and welcome to the Streets Won't Forget podcast. I'm your host, Dan Maltney, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host. First up, a man who has spent the past week in hiding as Louis Van Hull's army mercilessly hunt him down. It's Harry Martinez. Hey! Have you successfully evaded capture? Uh, yeah, I'm re- recording this from the bottom of a Greek mine. If you have no idea what we're talking about, uh, go and listen to the Straight Don't Forget Court episode. We uh, we change football forever. Uh, and I'm also joined... Some controversial moves. Yes, indeed. I'm also joined by a man who stocked his fridge with Muller rice pots to celebrate Declan Rice joining Arsenal, only to find <laughs> out it took them so long to announce it, they'd all gone out of date. It's been oh, And I hate him anyway. Let's go. <laughs> That's a Muller not nice, mate. That's a Muller not nice. <laughs> Are we all good, boys? How are we after our week off? You know, it's been a while, boys. So much has happened. I know. We I, know. I am definitely feeling better than Werder Bremen fans after finding out Nabi Cater's made of Weetabix. <laughs> I think Weetabix <laughs> is generous. <laughs> uh, well, since we've discussed Declan Rice, boys, shall we get right into this? With a new segment we've got, it is called Good, Bad or Ugly. Top player. different class we're going to do this throughout the transfer window uh, and it's pretty simple we're going to discuss dumb deals and rumours and we're going to rate how we think they'll end up either good bad or ugly so it will start of course with a deal everyone is talking about and that is Declan Rice to Arsenal a done deal for 105 million pounds good bad or ugly Ooh. what are we saying I mean I'm obviously a biased opinion but this has good written all over it for yeah, me agreed yeah, uh, good. He's obviously he's got that English tax. Yes, yeah. But I still think even even if you take that, please take that twenty million off that and say that's purely because he's English. I still think you're getting your money's worth out of that, mate. At the end of the day, you make that back in TV rights. Like, people probably make that back in shirt sales. Do, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's, point, it's it's pointless trying to convince like that it's too much money for a player. Mm. Like, look, hundred million for Jack Grealish. I guarantee they made made that back in a week. Makes no difference. I mean, it. United have already spent more than that on worse players. So. We'll come to Man United shortly, and they're not yes. in trouble. Uh, I do have to remind you, Harry, that you said you'd rather have Moises Caicedo. Still would. Why? I think I, that's I, fairly I stinky. Like Caicedo, mate. Okay, fair enough. Well, <laughs> with uh... no, I, I quite like Pele. I take him. <laughs> like... Fraud. Would you? Yeah, absolutely not. Well, we're, we're all agreeing on good, which is, is, is a solid start to this segment. Uh, we'll stick with Arsenal. Yuri and Timber from Ajax for £40 million. Good, bad or ugly? Yeah, good. good. Yeah. I can't see a downside for 40 million. Big mil. fan of that. Can play multiple positions. Decent-ish price. Wasn't it even 35 mil? Uh, I think it's between 35 and 40, so I just went with the upper one. I hate to rag on him again, but it will never not be funny to me that United gave him a proper wine-dine experience for the FA Cup final, and he still <laughs> chose Well, you can continue to rag so... on Man United, because we're over to Old Trafford now. Mason Mount from Chelsea to Man United, £55 million. Good, bad, or ugly? Ugly! Yeah, I would agree, ugly here. Uh, the reason I go ugly is bad. because Man United are, as we know, a bit short on cash. 
until the takeover happens. And they desperately need a striker. So why, when you can get him on a free next year, would you go and spend £55 million pounds of your transfer yeah, budget on a position you don't need? And in addition to that, it's Mason Mount, who I, I think we can all agree yeah. none of us rate. Put it this way, Real Madrid are doing exactly the same with, with Kylian Mbappe. Like, they're waiting him out. So if they can do it for arguably the best talent in the world right now, why can't you do it for Mason Mount? I just, I, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Why are we comparing Mbappe to Mason Mount? Oh, here we go again. Harlan and Dzeko. Now, what I'm saying <laughs> is, if, you, if you're willing to wait a year for the best player in the world like, and not spend money on him when you can get him now, why would you not do it for a lesser player? Because it's not like you're desperate for him. Do you him. think he's going to flop at United? Yeah. I think um, he's not going to set the league alight. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be awful. Okay. That's why I'm going bad. I'm so, two uglies and a bad. It's not looking good for, for poor old Mason. Uh, we'll go to France next. Uh, and I've got some quite controversial opinions on this one. Uh, Lucas Hernandez from Bayern Munich to PSG for £40 million. Good, bad or ugly? Yeah, I think it's a good deal. But the PSG Mate, ultras, in big inverted is, commas, have decided this is an unforgivable act of treason. This is what I was going to say. I think it's a, it's a good signing. I'll put it under good. PSG ultras, get a grip of yourself. How are oh, their PSG they, ultras? They protest like, because they don't do well enough. Nino reminds you you were a nothing club in the 1970s, 80s and 90s. It's only because you've got money now you're good. And a player of Lucas Hernandez's quality, you have to welcome that with open arms. And for 40 million, pretty decent price, I'd say. See, I can kind of understand why they're so angry because obviously all they had was that they were like one of, if not the biggest money club in the world. Because, you know, at least Madrid have history. And now they're not even the best money club because Saudi Arabia is nicking all their talent. But what, like, what's the issue with it? I'd be mad he's too. from Marseille. No, I no, think no. He, no, he's, he's celebrated against Bayern. About, yeah. He, te- he celebrated for Bayern, sorry, against, uh, when against they PSG. Yeah, I saw something about him being from Marseille was the issue. Just to put it out there, I'm going to go with ugly because I do not want my, uh, my house bombed. So just for, that, just for that sake, I'm on the side of the PSG ultras. Because looking at the state of the uh, the Dover like ferry terminal, there's no way to get past no, all we'll the lorries. Fine, yeah. So yeah, you're not uh, wrong. we'll go. We'll go into a rumor now. Harry Kane to Bayern Munich from Tottenham Hotspur. Good, bad, or ugly? I think this is good. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Agree, good. Yeah. good. Kane's going to go and win some trophies, and Spurs oh, lose their best player. There I'd, is nothing I'd like to, to hate ask here. you of a scenario. If you're Daniel Levy. And you get a bid of, I think it was £80 million was the rumour. Are you taking that or not? £80 million quid. If he want, he's, he's done this before, though, where he says he wants to go. So I'm taking my chances now and saying, you know what? If he might leave for free, I'd rather have £80 million quid. Well, he's, they're going to lose him for free. Are Spurs going to win the league? They're going to lose him, no. him for free in a year's time. So, I think that's the thing. is If you think you can win a trophy with him in we'll the next won't. season, then you'd keep him. But if you... If you, the problem they've got is when they sold Bale and they spunked all that money, it was useless. So he's got that fear but in his would, head. Would of you doing rather that again. have? Because either way, he's going to have to rebuild now if he sells him this summer or rebuild in a year's time. Would you rather not have an extra 80 million quid to rebuild a team with than nothing? And I suppose the argument is what if he gets him in the Champions League and they get some more yeah. money coming in that way? Yeah, but it's not going to be That's 80 million quid. I don't understand. No, absolutely not. The bit of this I don't get. Is all of the people coming out and saying, no, we should stay and get the Prem scoring record. Go yeah. and win trophies, man. Yeah. Like, the Prem scoring record's great. If he gets it, he'll be remembered as the guy who scored the most goals in Premier League history and won nothing. Okay. Literally. That's literally why so I'm we're, we're all going good, purely for the sake of Harry Kane and for, for Bayern Munich. Tottenham is obviously bad. 
Uh, well, shall we move to our uh, one of our favourite segments? Yes. Next? Oh, go on then. DJ, spin that jingle. It's time for Fat <laughs> Corner. It's a fact. I'm talking about facts. Right. I would like to start us off with a Premier League fact. Uh, only two pa- uh, two players in Premier League history have scored a hat trick of only headers. Would you like to have a guess? Um, who they are? Peter John, little rogue. Is one answer rogue? I'd say one of them is rogue, and the other one you'd maybe expect. It's a bit. I, I think Luis Suarez. That's actually a pretty good guess. That is incorrect. Ooh. Uh, Peter Crouch. It is. No, it's not Peter Crouch. It is. Duncan Ferguson, who did yeah. it for Everton against Bolton in 1997, <laughs> and a, a favourite player for the both of you, Salomon Rondon for West Brom against oh, Swansea in 2016. Who's the best striker in the Premier League? Is you Rondon? That's going to be horribly out of time when we have to get Yeah, that's going to be horrific. I saw that fact and I saw Rondon. I was like, I've got to put this in. It has to be done for the boys. He's just the best striker in the Premier League. He's a hero. Another one I'd like you to guess. Who do you think is the first English team to win a European trophy? Uh... Berry. Correct. Carlisle. It is West Auckland Town FC, who won the Sir Thomas Lipton Ooh. Trophy in 1909. They also won the 1911 tournament, beating Juventus 6-1 in the final. Oh, mate, yeah, bring it back, boys. <laughs> Do you know, I've actually got a kit from that season as well, yeah. mate. Absolutely beautiful. Got it signed. Yeah, got it signed, mate. <laughs> Harry, mate, the, the stripy white and black t-shirt you bought from H&M does not count as a 1909 <laughs> kit. You've got a J honest. on it, it's all right. <laughs> uh, another Italian club here AC Milan one of the most famous football clubs in the world I'm sure we can we can all agree on that you might have heard of them yeah it actually started out as a cricket team oh. I don't know how I feel about that you don't know how you feel about it has Inzaghi got a wicked spin on him does he have a pure <laughs> couldn't stay on side in the game he was trained in for most of his life you think <laughs> he can play cricket He's just bowling no balls all the time. He gets me out, yeah. I'm reviewing that instantly. <laughs> like, uh, Here's an absolutely bizarre fact for you. Former Wigan defender Maynor Figueroa has just three toes on his left foot. And still scored that screamer from his he own He did, arm. yeah. So it still kicks a ball better with it than yeah. I would. So... Uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, obviously famous for being the author of Sherlock Holmes. Great player. Well, you say <laughs> this, but did you know he actually played football? He was a goalkeeper no for Portsmouth who played under the name AC Smith. Oh, man, I was really hoping he was going to be part of that West Orkney Island team. <laughs> <laughs> West Auckland, man. It's West Auckland Town FC to you. Show him some respect. Oh, sorry. Uh, and finally, remember Bol- ex-Bolton midfielder Stuart Holden? Yes. Now a manager. Well, I bet you didn't know he played in competitive tournaments for the game Counter-Strike. Oh, Does yes. He, really? he won nah. more than $1,000 playing in three separate tournaments. What a man. I mean, when he was injured as he is, oh, he had a broken leg, and then I think he got back and broke the other one. So he's got nothing much to do for about four years. Do you think he's back on the, uh, the pitch afterwards, and he's trying to call for the ball, he's not saying, oh, man, on, he's got it. Oh, yeah, go on, rush beat. I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, peace out, peace out. <laughs> oh, well, that is the end of Fact Corner. I hope you enjoyed. It's a fact. I'm talking about facts. Uh, I believe you've both got something you want to discuss. So, as this is our first week back after a little break, I thought naturally the logical thing to do is start talking about a different sport from football entirely. Nice. Strong. And uh, while 
Part of the UK is gripped by Ash's fever at the moment. I'm going to cast our minds back to a different Australian back in 1992. Where is this? By an absolute icon by the name of Matthew Hayden. Anyone who's into your cricket will know who he is. He's quite good. At the time, he was playing in Lancashire for Greenmount Cricket Club. And he had an absolutely incredible game in a cup final. Well, in a cup semi-final. Where right. him and his batting partner scored a 250 not out to win the game for Greenmount Cricket Club. He got 140. His batting partner got 110. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up, his batting partner that day was one Gary Neville. Shut up. No. Shut up. Gary Neville. He scored, no, he scored 110 runs. Are you sure this is the Gary Neville and not just another bloke called Gary this Neville? Is- Nope, this is the Gary Neville. I, in fact, have yes. photo evidence you for need you. this. No way. And in fact, he was so good in this game oh my that God. one of his coaches oh at Manchester United noticed and told him he's not allowed to play cricket anymore. That is insane. So England, and obviously on the left there you'll see yeah. Matthew Hayden. England have potentially been denied one of our all-time cricketing greats. For a distinctly average right-back, brilliant. For a distinctly <laughs> average right-back. That is ridiculous. We'll, we, we'll put that up on Twitter and we'll put it up on Instagram as well as, uh, as photographic evidence, but that is insane. That is ridiculous. Incredible scenes. Well, I never... 110 not out as an opening batsman, though. We could do with some of that in the ashes at the moment, put it that way. <laughs> That's not bad. Play Gary Neville. At least you're good at some sport. Sure, Neville Neville was proud. <laughs> uh, Harry, you wanted to discuss... Balls. Yes. Well, I'm sure people have seen in the news this week some very, uh, some very sad information that the uh, deal between the Premier League and Nike has been ended over the uh, Premier League ball. Can we all just take a moment the, for the, silence? No, because the, sa- the sad yeah, news is not that it. Nike are going, it's that Puma are taking over. <laughs> Can we have a moment of silence for that then, please? Thank you. Right, so <laughs> I'm going to send you the Nike balls right now. And you've got to try. You've got to pick your favourite. Oh, I want to I know this. which ones are your favourites. I like this. I already know what my favourite is. I know you're going to go with like oh four oh five oh five oh six. That kind of is the exact ball I'm yeah, going to go yeah, for. Oh yeah, yeah. seven oh eight and that kind of era was elite. And I was also partial to the to the ten eleven. The ten eleven was an elite ball. See, they're all good, but for me. The balls peaked with 0405 and then somehow got even better with the winter version of that ball. This, I was literally going to say just, this. The, the, the blue and yellow one is incredible. Yeah. So good. I think I feel the same about 0708 with that blue and yellow winter ball as well. I, uh, I no, think no. I'd go 0708. That was, was that, I swear that was yellow and purple, no? That's where they yeah, changed it to purple at that point. Mm. Yeah. Such a good ball. The other ones that stick out of my mind... 10, 11, 11, 12. Yeah, they're, they're, they're good footballs. I like that. Um, 1920 sticks out for being absolute dog. Yeah, I'm not. Oh, I thought you meant as in the year 1929. I was so 1516's crap as well. That's an awful football. 1516 was so I bad. I actually got that in my garage yeah, somewhere. Put yeah, a knife you have. in it. Um, it was in your car for years. I, I think. Yeah, it was. O nine ten as well sticks out in my mind. Not not necessarily because it's a good football, but I just remember a lot of football from that time. Mm. 
2000 2002 was also elite. I'd, I'd more go 0204, just obviously as an Arsenal fan, the Invincible. Yeah, the 0204. So yeah. The 21-22 is the best out of the newer ones, but a lot of them are dogs. Is it? I'd say 22-23 is better. Yeah, I don't really like any of them. Not bad. Up to 17-18. Mm. Uh, do you know what? Fair play to Nike. They've had a few rotters, but they've, they've done a, a very good job over the years. They're few and far between. Mm. And Puma are just about to arrive on the scene and let us know how good we all had it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have something quite important I'd like to discuss with you boys. Oh, who's in front of the court now? It, it's, it might, it might, this might go to court. We, we could we could count this as a, as a trip to the court. We'll see. Um, okay. So obviously, not to ruin what's coming in the rest of the episode, but today's topic is Argentinians. And I wanted to discuss yes. a possible honorary Hall of Fame induction. And this is, I have to state this now, not for the players' talents, far too good for this. Okay, but it's for a moment okay. of housery that I have discovered that I'd argue fits our ethos of this podcast brilliantly. And that man, who I'd like okay. to induct as an honorary member, I can't quite believe I'm saying it on this podcast, is Lionel Messi. Okay. Now, hear me out. <laughs> our ethos for this being you've got to be a little bit... Yeah. No. yeah. Hear, me, <laughs> hear me out. Hear I guess he's out. in for this moment, not as a player. And the, the ethos is not just being a little bit <laughs> but it's also the hatred of a certain Dutchman. Now, let me explain. Oh, yes, I love this. So, oh, okay. Obviously, he's far too good for this podcast. I've seen this. But uh, the 2022 World Cup, having quite openly, you know, we've, we've quite openly discussed our dislike for Louis van Gaal um, and Louis van Gaal's <laughs> dislike for Juan Roman Riquelme, who we all love. And is a Hall of Fame member himself. So when Argentina played the Netherlands at the tournament, Messi scored and then ran to the Dutch bench and used Raquel May's trademark cupping the ears celebration right yeah. in front of none other than Louis van Gaal. Now I think is this is shit housery and clear support of not just Raquel May, but also the beliefs surrounding Louis van Gaal that we hold. And I would like to argue that he deserves an honorary Hall of Fame spot, Lionel Messi. I mean... That night, he was on one. I, I remember he did a lot of things where he like called Weg, he called a Van Wegel sort of idiot on the pitch. Yeah, wasn't he and swearing then... at him in the tunnel as well? Yeah, when they had a tunnel, he was having an, an interview, and he said, "What did he say to him?" Did it? I think he, he may said, have been um, his mother like they always do in South he America. He said, "And the bio bulbo, which is keep walking, idiot." Nice, <laughs> Something like that. Love just, it. He just kept repeating it, and he's live on telly, and he's like, "Keep walking, idiot." It's just so like playground that isn't it that insult yeah oh keep walking idiot wait. but no i'm i'm 100 here for this i think just that evening he turned into a house yeah my favorite moment from that game that it wasn't messy i think it was rodrigo de paul who is like messi's essentially minder when he plays for argentina he just when he smashed the ball, the ball into the sub bench <laughs> and they all came running on the pitch it was so good Mate, he did it with such force. Absolutely. Like, I'm just going to lace this. Mad, <laughs> how he got away with it, I Honestly, don't know. How he got away with it. I do, I, I, how he was not sent off in that match, I do not know. I kind of love it, yeah. though. Like, I think he was already on yellow when he did that. God knows. Yeah, I think the, the ref sat there and thought, if I send him off for this, I am going to get jumped in the car park. <laughs> so <laughs> He just absolutely left us Well, Well, based off Lionel Messi's <laughs> support of uh, Raquel May, and I'd argue in a way us, and his hatred of Louis van Gaal, does he deserve an honorary Hall of Fame spot? And again, I have to state, not yes. for his abilities. He's way too good. 
I want to hear you say the phrase, he joins the likes of Papis Cisse and Emmanuel Abouye in the Streets Won't Forget Hall of Fame. Can we put it under a section as like Streets Won't Forget Moments and that he can be in there I like for that. that idea. Oh, what? We have like we have our own Pushcast Award. Yes. But it's for like individual oh, moments so of shit yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. Can we give it a name, please? We're basically doing the shit out award. Right, so since since the, the Puskas Award is named after, obviously, Frank Puskas, can we name this the Lionel Messi shit house award? Oh, mate, surely this is just it's, a Bouet's trophy. I was going to say, this has to be a Bouet's. This, this is, is his more moment. like a Bouet's trophy. We've got to call this the urn <laughs> of a Bouet or something. <laughs> the first recipient of the Emmanuel Bouet tiger costume goes to... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the inaugural of the weekend. Okay, okay, we, we will we'll decide on a name and uh, we'll come back to it just because Ben wants to hear it. <laughs> we definitely have to. Lionel Messi. I need. I need. Lionel name. Messi joins the likes of Emmanuel Abue and Papis Cisse in the streets. Won't forget all of fame. I can't keep. Yes. <laughs> he will be delighted, and he's going on the bench. Oh. You know what? I'm still starting, Alano. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, congratulations, Leo. You, uh, you've deserved it. It's been a big week for him. He's got his move to the MLS and now he's in the streets. Don't forget all the fame. <laughs> or Janino sat there like, we've said he's too good on two separate occasions and then we've let bloody Messi in. Has anyone got the address of Inter Miami's training ground so we can send him a Bouet's Tiger? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my. You know what? We don't really have that kind of budget, but you can get a cardboard printout of a guy's face. I don't want to like pay the shipping costs, but at the same time, I do kind of want to send him something. Oh. Anyway, shall we discuss Argentines who are slightly more fitting for the streets? Don't forget all of fame. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about worst players. Go on. Do you want me to start? Yeah, yeah. You get, you get us rolling. Oh, mate. Do you know what? I, I, I back this argument, you know. Okay. So I'm bringing you a man who I think represents the duality of streets won't forget perfectly. He is an absolute baller, but he has got that attitude as well. And that is Ava Benega. What a player. I like this. What a player. I like this a lot. Mate, he was so good. I just remember watching him when, was it like 2011 where he was at Valencia before he went to Sevilla? And he was just, he was so good to watch on the ball. Uh, Unbelievable. The, the Sevilla player. spell, the, the, the one the yeah. last couple of years before he went to Saudi Arabia. It's, the, it's the Sevilla oh, man. to Inter Milan back to Sevilla. And yeah. that whole period where it's... Second oh, spell at Sevilla so is good. so good. I love it. Such a good Honestly. player. He was a joy to watch, to be honest with you. Um, I really enjoyed just the fact he could play as a centre attacker midfielder and just dominate a game or be a holding midfielder and you'd watch him do like the Perlo role. He was just... He was so good. So I always wondered why did he not get to a massive club? I mean, he won a lot of trophies. He won... Copa del Reyes, he won uh, three Europa Leagues with Sevilla, but Sevilla won everything. I'd win a Europa League with Sevilla, mate. It's not difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't Harry Kane go there? Yeah, anyway, there you go, uh, Harry. You want a trophy? Get yourself to Sevilla, lad. Guaranteed trophy. So I was always thinking, like, why did he not get that big move? Well, there's a side of Ever Benega that I didn't really know about. And to put it, put it lightly, the, there's an article here where the headline is just, uh, this is from a couple of years ago, ever ever been eager to Arsenal, the weird world of the Argentinian star who makes Bentner look boring. Oh, yes, thought, I'm here for this. So who makes Bentner look this boring. off the back of, Unai Emery was supposedly going to sign Ava Benega in the summer, but I think he got sacked and 
the move never materialised. I actually, I remember um, these links, and I actually wanted him. I think he's that good of a player. I remember back in the day, Barcelona were interested in him, and I thought, what a class signing that would be, like to have him as the backup there. Also, I think it was when they got rid of Sadio Keita. Before you continue the story, I just have to add: if the car incident isn't in here, I'm going to be very yeah, yeah, This is part of it. This is part of it. This is what I mean. So I'll start us off with that. So Ava Benega probably holds one of the one of the weirdest injuries in football. I'd, I'd, probably one of the stupidest as well. So the man drives in to his uh, to get petrol in his car. He gets out. Starts filling his car with petrol and realizes that he's left the handbrake off when the car starts rolling backwards. So he tries to stop it by standing behind it and just gets run over. <laughs> it's just gets run over. By the car. I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. It's up there with like. He broke um, his foot. Who's, who, was it somebody tried to control a jar of mayonnaise and it just shattered on their foot? <laughs> was it, oh, yeah. Was it Rashford? Nah, I want to say it was Rio Ferdinand. Or did, was Rio, Rio the one who put his foot up on the table and he, he didn't take it down for ages and had like overstretched the ligament or something? He was playing PlayStation. I, can't <laughs> I, remember, what it was. Definitely... I remember Alan Tate broke his leg crashing a, um, crashing a golf There's buggy. definitely somebody who no, tried to control a jar of mayonnaise. Keep going, I'm going to find out who it is. Well, yeah, he, so he broke his foot from the resulting running over from his own car that he was filling petrol into. Um, but I never knew how much of a bad man he was off the field where reportedly he'd go out every night and turn up drunk to training every day. And one of the, my favourite parts of this is apparently he turned up... All right, hang on. While you're looking for that, I found it. It wasn't mayonnaise, but I found it. Uh, so during the 1992-93 season... Uh, Dave Besson. Remember Dave Besson, Ben? Yeah. Yes. He was on the bench of Stevenage at the age of like 55. Um, and obviously won the FA Cup with Wimbledon. He was at Chelsea at this point. Um, and he basically dropped a jar of salad cream and tried to control it with his foot. <laughs> and it severed tendons in his big toe. And he never played for Chelsea again. Oh, my yeah. good God. And then went on to have a son who was an utterly dog keeper. Yeah, Sorry, Sam, Sam. If you're listening, you're it was a two two kilogram <laughs> jar of mayonnaise as well, so uh, no messing from Big Dave. Back to Benega and his off-field antics. When he joined Valencia in 2008, so bearing in mind this is, you know, he's probably still a bit young. He's he's not. I don't think he's quite got the Spanish Leighton Baines look yet. I think he's prior to that. He joined Valencia in 2008, and the first thing that happened to him within months of being there was he caught he was caught in a sex scandal involving a webcam. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Goodness me. Please, you love over to the, see it. Over the next couple of months, he was stopped several times in the early hours of the morning over alleged drink driving incidences. Uh, and he was well known around the local night scene. So <laughs> he got about. Oh, my son. Got about. Uh, in February 2012, there, there were stories going around that he turned up to training drunk three days in a row before playing against Pep Guardiola's Barcelona. Did he have a blinder by any chance? He won man of the match. Yeah, of course he did. That's how it always goes. If I knew I was coming up against Pep's Barca team, I'd probably won a couple of drinks too, I'm going to be honest. You know the funny thing is, that's the week before he then broke his foot from getting run over. So <laughs> He was back on the piss, 100%. Back to his footballing ability, though. I mean, he won... Was it the Under-20 World Cup he won? He's won an Olympics with Argentina as well, but mm. how many caps do you reckon he got for Argentina? Because obviously... Like 60-something, I reckon. I think he got quite a lot of caps. Mate, he got 65, yeah. and yet we don't regard him as one of the best Argentine midfielders. 
I just love like a South American midfielder who is unbelievably talented on the pitch is just going to kick the out of people because that's what they do. That's how they've been brought up. And I, I love the the whole thing of the off pitch antics. Like they're just oh, a yeah. bit bonkers. It's, it's got, he's got, he's got bite they to him. So much. They, I think they just find the game easier, don't they? So they like it's they're not like, like, like a, a career thing. Difficult. Yeah, they're like, I love other, like this thing's just a bit of a hobby. My my main profession is going out and getting every night. It's like, it's like Arturo Vidal. He just went around volleying people both on and off the pitch and was pissed all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but Benega, though, on the well, pitch, what a player. Like, his, his dribbling, incredible. Also had a wonderful right foot. Oh, yeah. An absolute wonderful right foot. He scored a couple of bangers from what I remember, but, yeah, as, as a player, I don't, I don't think... I, I think he's so criminally underrated. I don't even think it's the fact that he's in a foreign league. Yeah, he's the kind of midfielder who will just grab a game by the scruff of his neck and go, right, I'll win this on my own, not a problem. Yeah, he I, he was quality. But I don't. That, that's what I mean. I think he's forgotten in the Spanish league as well. Like, mm, yeah, I don't think he's remembered at all. Yeah, like, like we've already said, the second severe spell was just so good. Oh, yeah. Oh, like he didn't an aging midfielder much. who's just running the show. Like, oh, oh, I yeah. love it. I love it. This is better though, and it's brilliant from Emma Benega. Absolutely outstanding shot. And the Argentine makes up for that horrendous free kick with something very, very special. Valencia 1 into nil, Emma Benega. Do you think he's lucky in that there's so many players like him, I guess? In that, like, mm. you think South American playmakers, good yeah. on the ball, loves a, you know, a little session on the side to. Where there are so many of them, you can only remember so many. And I guess while we remember him for that severe spell, maybe because it wasn't the biggest club, he starts to fall down the pecking order in terms of memorability a little bit. I think yeah. because he went to Inter Milan and fell off there because Mancini mm. didn't play him, I think that's also kind of his downfall there. But he... he he, you don't even remember him as part of that severe team that won the Europa League. Like you think you know he was there, but the first—he's not the first that comes to head. But he didn't score many. He didn't. And obviously, like he's one of those. Yeah, he's one of those players that stats aren't—you mm. don't need them. You just know how good he was. It's because you don't really think of if you think of him, you don't go, "Oh yeah, like that severe team." You think of him at Sevilla and what he's doing individually on the pitch, not what they're winning. Yeah, exactly. Um, Whipping its top bins from thirty yards. Well, I'd, if if we're on the if we're on the topic of uh, Argentine midfielders who played for Valencia and played very well for Valencia, may I add, I'd like to go next if that's okay. Go for it. I'll take us home. I want to introduce my player with some quotes. All right. He was and is my idol," said Lionel Messi. He is the only current footballer I'd pay to watch," said Diego Maradona. He has it all. He is a star," said Johan Cruyff. They were all talking about Pablo Aymar. Oh, I really man. thought it was Emil Heskey. <laughs> <laughs> also, that... Absolutely no, no national bias in those first two quotes at all. Ah, shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a name that I think very few remember, unfortunately. But for those who did see him play, he's pretty hard to forget. He was just so elegant and skillful and technically gifted, and he just caught your eye immediately when you watched him. Like He would stand out above pretty much anybody else on the pitch. Uh, and he maybe didn't have the career he should have had, but what a talent he was. So he started out at River Plate in his native Argentina and made his debut in 1996 at the age of just 16. 
and he quickly earned comparisons to, of course, Diego Maradona. Uh, a year later, as you do, he put in a string of stunning displays at the Under Twenty World Cup against Argent. Uh, sorry, for Argentina as they won the trophy. And the midfield is iconic. It's so good. Oh yeah, it's Imar. It's Imar, Riquelme, and Cambiasso. What a midfield that is. No wonder they cruise to the trophy. So by the time we leave River Plate in 2001, he's recorded uh, 42 goal contributions in just 82 games. And he joins Valencia for a club record fee of £13 million. He makes 200 appearances for the club, wins two La Liga titles, a UEFA Cup, and finishes as a runner-up in the Champions League. And here he earns the nickname El Mago. The Magician. And I think it's a very fitting nickname. Yeah. Uh, He also goes on to have a good spell at Benfica. Uh, They win the league in 09-10. And then he returns to Argentina as his career starts to wind down. Uh, Injuries blighted his career, I have to say. Um, And that maybe led to him not having the career he should have had. And he also turned down big moves, which I think cost him as well in terms of reputation. Mm. He rejected Real Madrid to join Valencia. Uh, and then when he was wow. leaving Valencia in 2006, former manager of his, Rafa Benitez, who's obviously now at Liverpool at that point, was chasing him and really wanted to sign him. And he chose Real Zaragoza instead over Liverpool. Yeah. That is weird. Uh, yeah and then he got relegated choice. with them, which is clearly not a good choice in Pablo, but we'll gloss over that one. No. He just loved living in Spain, I guess. Yeah, I think mm. the point where he really stood out for me, and maybe even the first time I watched him, was when Valencia played at Arsenal in 2003. It was a Champions League tie. And obviously, he's up against Patrick Vieira and Gilberto Silva, two of football's great defensive midfielders and the foundations of the Invincibles. And he just runs rings around them, if you watch it. He's just taking the piss out of them. And it takes some player to do that. And I think that's the point where I fell in love with him. And it's the same with Raquel May. I just loved watching Spanish football in the early 2000s. Yeah. I think it was on ITV or whatever. So good. So good. Pura Torres. Albelda. Aymar. On by Baraka. Terrific move. Wonderful goal. Pablo Aymar. It has been coming. I mean, I've just, I've just seen a Maradona quote that you, that you said earlier. And he goes on to say that he had more talent than Raquel May or Saviola, which at the time... Which is yeah. huge. To, yeah. <laughs> that weight on someone's shoulders you have to yeah. deliver. But holy yeah, so I might do it. Didn't he, imagine, didn't he manage Argentina? Uh, no, he's, he's well. on the coaching staff. He was on the bench. Um, yeah, oh, he was, he? He was mm. in floods of tears when, uh, when they won the World Cup. So you can see how much it meant to him. Uh, and funny, we've mentioned Raquel May quite a lot here. Uh, so Raquel May, in an interview years later, revealed that he constantly tried to convince Aymar to join him at Villarreal. And can you imagine a midfield with the two of them? You've got Marcos Senna, another vastly underappreciated player sitting behind them. You've got a young Santi Cazorla providing mm. cover for the pair of them. And then they're feeding Diego Forlan. Get it, give it to me. I want it right yeah. now. God, it's disgusting. That is foul. He's he's just one of those players that you you just love to watch him. Everything he does looks so effortless. Yeah, he's a good player. Very good player. He was struggled with injuries, I suppose, mm. which probably doesn't help his case for being remembered. But my God, like when you have the likes of Messi, like if someone hasn't watched him play, and you hear the likes of Messi going, he was my idol. Yeah. That should yeah. really tell you all you Pablo need to know. Armour highlight really, if you've never seen one, it's so good. It's just beautiful. You have a, a way of a day. What a player! Kind of played. Didn't he? Didn't he 
play wing and through the middle. Yeah, he played. So he basically started out as an attacking midfielder, uh, and then played wide for a bit. And then when Rafa Benitez came in at Valencia, they they played as Rafa Benitez does, quite a defensive style of football. Uh, so he dropped him deeper and was just running games from holding midfield, basically. Well, you know, in 2001 or 2002, yeah, 2002, so the Champions League assist table, he topped, right? Along with Rui Costa of Milan. I mean, and what? I saw this. <laughs> what? Mm. He topped the assist that table is... and they only got to the quarterfinals. That's crazy, yeah. isn't it? That is crazy. Yeah, go and watch Pablo Aymar if you haven't. What, what a player. I love him. I love him. It was a class player. Well, as we've already hinted at, uh, at Ben's player, would you like to uh, take the reins, Mr. Woolley? I will. And uh, it's a player who's not quite as glamorous as definitely not Aymar and not Benega, but a player who is one of the most complete players I have ever seen, one of the most intelligent players I've ever seen. And yet, despite his immense talent, he is so forgotten that in 2017 he was voted one of the most underrated players of the last 15 years. Was he? He was. Oh. It is a man who, of course, has already been mentioned. One Esteban Cambiasso. I mean, what a See, three this is. I wouldn't even mind this as a midfield. We, are we, we going to vote them all in again? We're going to vote them all in again. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I'd happily do it. We can't do this every episode. We can't. <laughs> we can't. I want to. So, when you look at his career, obviously, the standout we'll get to in a minute, but he starts out in Argentina, moves to Madrid, has a couple of seasons back on loan, and then adds some trophies to his belt. He won a La Liga title, the Supercopa, UEFA Super Cup, I believe. And then he gets the big move. On a free to one Inter Milan. Oh, from Real Madrid to Inter Milan. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's more of a bit part player at Milan, I suppose. At um, Madrid, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes to Milan. The list of honours this man wins, he has just finished football. Completed it, mate. He completed football. (laughs) From that spot in midfield, he's in like a little pivot with Varon, which is just, that's pure Argentina. Oh, that is beautiful. How did Varon not get a point for this? He won. Yeah, that's very true. He won what, five Serie A titles, five Coppa Italias, four Super Coppers, two Champions League, and a Club World Cup. The man, in a pear tree. <laughs> pretty much, he was. He could play what defensive mid, box to box. He even started adding goals towards the end of his career. He could literally do it all on a football pitch. I think yeah, the good. height of his recognition, he was voted. Was it on to? He was nominated for the World at Eleven, but never got there. So even when he's playing, he's not getting the recognition he deserves. And then after this ten-year spell, he has the kind of move that we just all love, in that his Milan contract's up, and he moves out of nowhere so on a free to newly promoted Leicester City. And he absolutely pulls them Crazy, out single-handedly. Oh, he does. Like Wait, six mental. Inter, six titles with Inter, two Champions League. The man rocks up at Leicester City and absolutely smashes it. Uh, do you know what? It's that kind of move that's straight out of FF. I really would have loved him to have stayed for the season after that, just so he had the Premier League winners. Oh, oh yeah, it's a real but then, shame. But then he wouldn't have found Kante. This is true. Oh, I mean, that's that, true. that sounds like one of football's big sliding door moments. That does. Oh, hundred percent. 
Arnold as well. You love to see it. But he was so good that year that Leicester named him their player of the season at like what thirty six. Going to say he must he have been mid thirties. No. Oh yeah. Uh, was it eight years ago? And he's forty two. He was thirty six. He, he scored a goal in that five three win over Man United. So still being a big game player. And then I guess career kind of coming to an end. Moves out to Olympiacos and kind of unceremoniously retires with that spell at Leicester being his final last hurrah, if you will. You know what? As bad as it is, I think if Leicester didn't win the league the next season, he's remembered a lot more in the Premier yeah. League. But because Leicester yeah. won the league the next season, you forget he was there the season before. Yeah. And if you if you ever watched him play, he wasn't someone that... I feel like he's very similar in a way to the likes of Busquets, in that most of what they do on a football pitch, you do not see. Yeah. He's yeah. just working hard for the team. He's the engine in that midfield. He was described yeah. at one point, I think, as the heart of that Milan side. And when you look at how good that inter side is, holy he must be quite good at football. Yeah. When you said you were going to do Cambiasso, I immediately thought he's probably too good for this. But I, on reflection, I don't think he is. Because I think when you think about the best midfielders from that generation, you think of you know, Xavi, Iniesta, Pirlo, yep. Seydorf, people like that. He he doesn't get the credit he deserves for how good he actually was. Like, he was one of the best midfielders in the world in that era, and everybody seems to forget about him. 100%. I think, I think that's the thing, is sometimes the streets won't forget is going to be players that are too good, but they're just too forgotten. He's absolutely too forgotten. He, he was so, so good. You know, arguably, Raquel May is too good. But he's too oh, forgotten yeah. for how good he was. They weren't recognised. Mm. So it's that kind of... And because of the style of play as well, he, he's not, he wasn't flashy, <laughs> no, was he? He no. was box no. to box. He chipped him with a few goals, goal. but he was very much more of like a, a steady oh, ship. Do you know what I've just remembered? Do you remember that goal, the 2006 World Cup that he finished off? That I was, was like 30-something yeah. passes. He's so good. He's such a good bit of football. Cambiasso. Cambiasso. They've done it. They've done it and scored a fantastic goal. How many passes did they put together there? You'd need a calculator. The interpassing here was just devastating. Have you ever seen a better crafted goal at the World Cup Finals? You think about him as a player. When, in the last few years, apart from me, have you heard anyone talk about him? Never. I mean, even then, like... He doesn't no. come up. Never no. gets mentioned, does he? He was when I, when I picked him for this list, I was sitting there going, in terms of talent, far, far too good. Do you know but what the no other one mentions is? The, the other issue you've got is... He wasn't even, like, you could say he wasn't even the best Argentina into Milan during that time because they had Javier Zanetti. Like, you're going to... I think they're kind of on par. Yeah, I, I think the I difference agree with is... You, but you're going to remember Zanetti that, more. Yeah, I think that Zanetti gets the recognition that Cambiasso should. Yeah, and I agree. Cambiasso's forgotten, maybe because he wasn't... Like, there's more, I guess, outstanding midfielders than there are full. Yeah, I think the other thing... He's got more the competition. The other thing that maybe does him dirty a bit, and I know we've mentioned how good the spell at Leicester was, but I think maybe for the the uncultured football fan, they saw this 30-odd-year-old bloke rock up at Leicester and go, 
he's all right, but he's a bit old. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, he's just, he's oh, honestly, I can't believe I underappreciated him for how good he was. Yeah, he was. There's right. something about him that even his own, like, coaches and managers felt the same because the two big clubs he left, he left both on freeze. He wasn't sold for big money between those two clubs. They just went, we don't want to extend your deal. So off he goes. It worked out for him with Inter, but the thing he doesn't I guess he never hit the headlines in the same way here in like club record fee or like forty million quid. He just kinda of quietly goes about his business just like he does yeah. on the pitch. Um, he was part of that treble then, was he? Yeah, he, he was, yeah, treble, yeah. Absolutely he was part of that treble. Yeah. 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 Such an Crazy, iconic team as well. Oh yeah. Oh well, I think we've got um a, a tough choice. So shall we Shall we crack on with some voting? Yes. Who would like to go first? Because I don't, I, I don't know who to go for. I don't know who to go for. I don't know who to go for. I was so sure before we started looking stuff up for the episode. But I think... Do you know what? I'll take the range. Go on. I like that. So that's, that's one. Go on, Good. I think that all three of these players on their ability are foods mm. we'll forget. Like, 100%. You look at their careers. I mean, Cambiasso is... Probably a generational CDM. Do you know what I mean? Like he is mm. that, and he was forgotten. And then Imar and Benega, both very mm. intelligent players. What I think separates it for me is the fact that there's that bad Argentine streak in Eva Benega. So I think for that reason, I'm going to go with Eva Benega. Like you can't not be included in the streets. Don't forget for getting run over by your own car. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> it's, it hurts me to say, but it's, it's so, so true. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go with him. That is fair. That is fair. So Dan, I'll leave it up to you. I'll go next. So you got Benega. Oh yeah, God, Harry. don't do yes. this. <laughs> you see, I was I I want to pick mm. Cambiasso because he's my own player. I want to pick Imar because he was someone I was going to vote for for this. And then we start talking about Cambiasso, and I'm like, my God, he is too forgotten. And then we're talking about Benega, and all I can think of is how good Benega was on and off a pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Good player past 40 yards and five hours later loses uh, foot under his car. I'm gonna make it even worse for Dan. I am gonna vote. I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely spanner in the works this and vote for Esteban Cambiasso. Oh god. Oh. See there's no wrong choice really, oh, is there? No. Oh no. <laughs> you know exactly what I was gonna do. <laughs> Were you gonna vote for Imar by any chance? The thing is, it's it's like I've made, I've talked about this with Raquel way before. I just I, there's something about him. I just love him. I just love him so much. I don't. I can't. I have to vote for him. I, I'm going Omar. I'm sorry. I don't know what we're going to do now. I feel the same with Benega. Like it was just brought yeah, joy it's when he was just one him. of those. I look. I I, I love you. I, I love you in a way I shouldn't love you, but I do. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> you know what? We haven't had. A normal episode in long enough. I reckon we're just about due three nominees be entered. I'm happy to vote for three. I genuinely am. I think it has to be done. I think it's very tough to separate. It just, you know, because arguably you say that that Venegas got that hot streak in him, but at the same time, Cambiasa was that good and is that forgotten. And then Imar just was so clever that. All three have something different. Yeah, do you know what? Let's do it. Let's do it. It's it's it's, it's deserved. Why it's not? Deserved. We make our own rules. We can deserved. make them. Yeah, yeah exactly. But we answer into ourselves. <laughs> 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 
Uh, well, Pablo Aymar, I can't believe I'm going to have to say this again. Yes. Pa- Pablo Aymar. Yes. <laughs> Eva Benega and Esteban Gambiasso join Papi Cisse, Emmanuel Abue and Lionel Messi in the streets where I forget all of my name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, we've only been four Argentines today. We have smashed it. Honestly, we could do Argentines again next week and have another tough three. Oh yeah! Goodness me! Too many ballers. Uh, well, it's been a while since we had an end episode quiz. Are we? Are we ready? I'm excited. You know, I feel like it's there's been an end of episode quiz shaped hole in my heart. Yeah. Well, obviously, for the return of the quiz, we had to bring back the iconic, the classic, the timeless fan favorite starting eleven. Oh, it's hey. I was waiting for it to be something completely new. Yeah. Just all the same us down the river. Is Dan doing the quiz? It's got to be starting 11. It has to be starting 11. Uh, <laughs> quick rundown of the rules for anyone who wants to play along at home. I'm going to give you a game, and you will take turns guessing players who started in that game. I would accept players from either side, and substitutes who came on will count as a correct answer, but unused substitutes will be incorrect answers. And as always, you have three lives each. So, in honour of Argentina, today's game oh. is Argentina 1. Germany won from the quarterfinals of the 2006 World Cup. And Germany won 5-3 on penalties. Good game, this. Mr. Woolley, as you are still ahead in the series, would you like to start us off? Hmm. Hmm. Now, now I'm debating being like Kerpel. Now, Harry, you start us. We can if you want, mate. That's cool. I'm going to start with my man. Yes. My boy. I'm going to say Esteban Cambiasso. Esteban Cambiasso. What a substitute. Ooh. The used substitute. Yeah. I'm, didn't he miss he the penalty? He missed the penalty that sent Germany yeah. through. Yes. Okay. Um... I will go Miroslav Klose. Miroslav Klose, the, uh, the record goal scorer at World Cup, is obviously a correct answer. Yeah, just it was easy, mate. 2006. Mm. Okay. You sound unsure already. I know, mate. There's so many of these Argentine names that I'm not going to know. So I'm just picking ones I know <laughs> from this year. I'm going to say Javier Mascherano. Oh, that's bold. Javier Mascherano. He must have been so young. Mm. He was very young. Too young? The correct answer. Oh, oh. I thought he'd gone started, way too started young. Started ahead of Cambiasso. Did he? Yeah. Wow. Do you know what? I'm going to go with a man who I only remember from this tournament and I don't remember him anywhere else. And that is okay. Torsten Frings. Well, how about we on Torsten Frings already? Incredible. What Torsten a man. Frings scored a screamer at that tournament. He was class that tournament, but then... It was like, unreal that tournament. I just don't remember did him he, afterwards. Did he play well enough to play against Argentina in the Surely, quarterfinals? He's like starting every game. Torsten Frings. A correct answer. <laughs> yes. I had to get him out there. Mr. Wally, back to you. 
I'm going to punt for another big name. I'm going to say Hernan Crespo. Hernan. <laughs> With Torsten Frings and Hernan Crespo. <laughs> yeah, <mate. laughs> oh, Hernan Crespo. Is a correct answer. Started up Nice. Nice. Um... I'll go Michael Balak. Uh, that oh, one I'd Balak. say is another big name. Oh, Balak. Oh, Balak. Michael Balak. One letter away from being Bullsack. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Balak is a correct answer. Yeah, he is. His name appears in the word mackerel. Thank you. Yeah, very nice. Now, well, now I'm just thinking about fish. <laughs> I have to say, Harry's sounding a lot more confident with his answers here. Basically. He really is. I don't know if the break's done me in, but... I just... Germany 2006 is kind of easier. I feel like that's your Jens world, Harry. You enjoyed that World Cup. Jens Lehmann. You enjoyed that World Cup. <laughs> yeah, when you were, what, nine? Incredible. Did you enjoy that World Cup? Does that have interest? I did, yeah. It was a, it go, wasn't really I wasn't Cup. wrong. Shut up. <laughs> if you remember rightly, in this game, the German goalkeeper had the penalties written on his water bowl. He did. And that man was, of course, the always yeah. Jens Lehmann. Well, man. <laughs> uh, if in case um, you, in case you've forgotten this game, there was a massive brawl afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was a good. It was a good game. I remember. It was a great brawl as well. As one of football's memorable brawls. Um, and the funny part was the only man who didn't get involved in the fighting was Jens Lehmann, who I would have had down as the first man to get involved. He's too nutty. He's been through it all. You know, he's got the t-shirt, <laughs> seen it, and done it. Yeah. Uh, do I take in Argentine or do I stick with the Germans? I don't know, but either of them would probably help. <laughs> they would. Oh, pick, go on, pick a Brazilian. Oh, oh yeah, could. Um, hey, Lucio. I'm go gonna. On. I'm gonna go. Gabriel Heinzer. Gabriel Heinzer is a correct answer. Yeah, can't, I couldn't think of another left back. Did anyone else think he was dross, or did you think he was decent? I thought it was alright. And also, yeah. he didn't play left back. Oh! I see. Uh, I'm going to go for our good friend, the pig mounter. Christian <laughs> Schweinsteiger. Christian yes. Schweinsteiger. Absolute dog at Man United. <laughs> I'm glad you caveated that with at Man United. <laughs> <laughs> he is a correct answer. Because why wouldn't he be? Um, I mean, there's no I'm not, the fact no one said it. I know who you're going for next. This. I'm inside your head. <laughs> I can already tell you. Is it the man for. who's always an I'm incorrect answer? I'm really safe, actually, and go Philip Lahm. I knew you were <laughs> going to say that. Brothers in arms, Bastian Schweinsteiger and Philip Lahm. They they are never seen alone, always together. Philip Lahm is the correct answer. Yeah, there was another one in my head that I thought was safe, but the fact no one said it means it's not safe. Go <laughs> on. No. Uh, Philip Blam started a left back, by the way. Okay. Oh, of course. Because, you know, it's Philip Blam. Germany just do strange things with their back fours. Yeah, because they works. never have a bloody left back, ever. Mm. 
I'm going to say Javier Saviola. Javier Saviola. We mentioned him already. Surely. The luck. The Argentine episode. Come on, man. Was a substitute. Indeed, he was an unused substitute. Oh, no! Um, I'll take Lucas Podolski. You know we joked about him saying... Wait, you, know, you know we joked about him saying somebody who wasn't German or Argentinian? They speak the Polish, man, so... He's gone yeah. for Polish-born Lucas <laughs> Podolski. <laughs> Lucas Podolski. Wasn't Miroslav Klose born in Serbia as well or something like that? <laughs> Not a clue. Podolski is a correct answer. If you remember rightly, he became the first German to miss a penalty at a World Cup. Yeah, he did. That is a crazy Then you remember that he's Polish. So, yes. Yes, so all was forgiven. Oh, there you are. Miroslav Klose was born in Poland. Oh, there you go. He was made in the Royal Navy. Lovely lovely Polish strike force (laughs) for Germany. I'm going to go with Per Mertesacker. The big German. The big German. Uh, Mertesacker. It's a correct answer. Okay. That kind of makes the partnership a bit easier to guess. Because if it was one of the more recent ones, I think it would have been harder. So, I'm going to go with Metzelda. Ooh. Mm. Where have you pulled that from? Well, just remember, Mertesacker only played next to Metzelda. I don't think he... Like, when he got it later, I don't think he was playing ahead Are of Hummel. Are you sure he Boateng. only played next to Metzelda? I would think that he would have played more often with Metzelda. He's lost a life, so I'm taking a bit Christoph of a Christoph Metzelda <laughs> is a correct answer. I can't remember his first name. Oh, my word. I couldn't remember his first name. Did he play for Real Madrid? I have some kind of memory um, of him playing for Real Madrid. I don't know why. Yes. Anyway. Yeah, I do too. It's the Woolly. Down the life. I'm back to you. I am. I am a life down. Oh, wait. Have we said Raquel May? Juan Roman Raquel May is a correct answer. Okay. Thank God for that. If I if I got out, we hadn't mentioned it, would be very yeah, embarrassed. This is true. I realise once Woolly said Saviola, the reason we haven't gone for the Argentine strikers apart from Crespo is because I'd imagine there's so many good ones that you're not sure which yeah. one he played. Some of the players that Argentina left on the bench is a joke. <laughs> I think I've got one that played most games. For Argentina. Okay. But I don't think he was striker, but he was a forward. I think it's Maxi Rodriguez. Maxi Rodriguez. I remember him playing like right Scored wing back. Scored an absolute screamer at this World Cup. He's a correct answer. I think he's solid. I think he played he a played lot. played on the right-hand side of a diamond midfield. That, uh... Okay, that's yeah, a bit weird. That helps you any. Diamond midfield. <laughs> with 
Maxi Rodriguez, Raquel May, and Mascherano. So that means we're missing the left, surely. Just to uh, let you know what you're missing, you are missing the German right back uh, and a German winger. We're not missing the German right back. He's just playing sodding left back. <laughs> you are missing yeah. the, the the German right back who played at right back. Uh, you are you are you are missing <laughs> a winger. Bastian Schweinsteiger played at left midfield. By the way. Uh, you're missing three German substitutes. And then for Argentina, you're missing the goalkeeper. Good luck, is all I'm going to say. Uh, you're missing a right-back, a centre-back, the left-back. You're missing the left midfielder in the diamond. And you're missing a striker as well as two substitutes. Oh. that Both teams now are getting mm. tight. Also, I'm going to give you another clue, and I actually don't think it's of much help at all. But Argentina's starting goalkeeper <laughs> was subbed off injured. So one of the subs is a goalkeeper for Argentina. Right, so that's right. zero chance. Yes, that's why I said it wouldn't help. <laughs> um... Carlos Tevez. Oh, Carlos Ooh. Tevez. Carlos Tevez. So I wouldn't start him. Five I wouldn't five start five. him, yeah. But you said some of the players they left on the bench, so someone rogue, well, not even rogue, but someone's got them started who we wouldn't think. Carlos yeah, if he started, Tevez. that means one man hasn't. It's a correct answer. He's... No way. That, otherwise, that's 3 1 and that's game. <laughs> but... Was one of the subs used one of the other great strikers? <laughs> I'm not saying a word. Um, I will go with the current Argentine manager, Scaloni. Oh, Lionel Scaloni was a substitute. Oh. He was an unused substitute. Oh, we are at no. two apiece. You, There's no way we're coming oh, on to the penalties in this Germany team, Harry. Um, no. F what is this Argentina lineup, by the way? We're missing the left-sided part of the diamond. You said yes. It's a player who, honestly, I I had not thought about him for years, and then when I saw his name on this list, I was like, Do you know what? Good player. Good player. I don't know whether you'll remember him, but I, I, he's in my head. It was in my head somewhere. And we're missing two subs. You're missing two subs. One of them's a goalkeeper. You're missing the starting goalkeeper, uh, a right back, a centre back, and a left back. <laughs> okay, we're not saying the name in my head. I kind of want to play it safe, but I surely if he was playing, he'd have come up by now. Well, you know what? I'm not staking my reputation on the other one. I'm just going to say Pablo Aymar. Pablo Aymar. Was a substitute. You're bringing him on. Something. I thought he would have started left mid. He was uh, an unused substitute. Uh, and his dad's a single life. I'm stuck on that Argentine midfielder now. 
I think when I, I think don't if you him. don't get it when I say it, you're gonna go, oh yeah. Was he a, a bit of a baller? I, I do you know what I rated him back in the day. I'm gonna be honest. Decent player. Yeah, yeah. By no means a bad player. Oh, I don't. It's a risk. Oh, I don't. I can't remember him playing for Argentina. Well, I think you're on the wrong lines. He got 45 caps for Argentina. <laughs> oh, oh man, this course has been a shambles. I'm gonna say it. Lucho Gonzalez. Lucho Gonzalez. I don't think it's him. Is a correct answer. No way. Was was I wrong in my description? No. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't think he'd played forty-five yeah. times for Argentina. Yeah, played most notably <laughs> for Porto and Marseille, and was a very good player. Oh, you love to see it. All right, Ben. Good f-ing luck, mate. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I've got, I've got Argentine centre backs, and that is it. I'm done then. Yeah, I've got one who played for Barcelona, one who played for Newcastle, and I don't know why so, I'm even. One for Newcastle, ben, I've got ben, as well. I know the two players you're talking about. One of them started at right back. No. <laughs> what is it you um, always say, Ben? There is no great safe. I cannot believe this man is about to I'm about to say it. Please say it. You know what, we're with a life to go. I can't break my own like mantra yeah. now. You live by the sword, <laughs> was you it? die by the sword. Ah was it Fabrizio Colaccini? Let's <laughs> go. Honestly, <laughs> I was gonna say him Fabrizio too. Colaccini. It's a correct answer. He started at right back. Right, I've got two centre backs. I'm going to go with the safe one, I think. Mm -hmm. Ezekiel Garay. Ezekiel Garay. He might be too young. It's an incorrect answer. They are down to a single life each. I've got one answer left, Wooly. Please don't make it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest, bro. I, I've exhausted my list of Germans long ago, and at this point, I'm sitting there going, every Argentine name I could think of could realistically be on this bench. You know who this centre back is. 100% you will have heard of him. I think you could, somebody's going to have to guess the centre back and hope that the other person doesn't pull something magical out of their ass. I've got one centre back. Uh, you know, I'm just going to go with the other name and hope that it's right. I think this was around the time he signed for Barca. Was it Gabriel Melito? Oh, I forgot all about Gabriel him. Gabriel Melito was a substitute. Oh, no. He was an unused substitute. Oh, Congratulations, no. Harry. You are our winner. Oh. Would you like the rest of the teams? The rest of the team. Can I have a punt at the Argentine centre-back? You can. I think it's a man who played with Aymar at Valencia. I think it's Roberto Ayala. Ben. Yeah. 
If you had said Roberto Ayala... I'd still be in the quiz, I reckon. You would still be in the quiz. He is a correct answer. I don't know who the, right, who the other centre-back is, though. Or left-back, whatever he f- played. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, who was on the this players, The pl- Hang on, hang on. The players you missed for Germany was the right-back, who was Arne Friedrich... Mm, oh, we, if we just started guessing German names, we would have probably got this. You genuinely would have, because the winger was called Bernd Schneider. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> uh, the three German substitutes were Tim Borowski, David Ondonkor, They're not real. and a player, a player who <laughs> might ring a bell, Oliver Nerville. Or good striker, wasn't he? Back in the day, yes. The Argentine goalkeeper, and I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, but we're going to go for it anyway. Was Roberto Abondanziri? Abondanziri. Who the f is that? <laughs> surely, surely he was at like a Milan club. This, this is like, this is like Stefan. This is Stefan Gavash all over again. <laughs> no, honestly, they make up his name because they know no one's going to remember. Getafe. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah, as Harry said, the other centre back was Roberto Ayala. The left back was Juan Pablo Sorin. Oh. I remember the name. It's one of those things, like a couple of other names on this list. You know, like you remember them when you're told. There's no way you're thinking of them. Let's take up. I remember it like Villarreal or something like that. That very much applies for the youth substitutes. The sub goalkeeper was Leo Franco. Yes, got his shirt up in my room. Yeah. Uh, and they also took off Hernan Crespo. And replaced him with a man called Julio Cruz. Who are you? <laughs> Surely a penalty specialist. So Saviola didn't get a game. Right, but... Let me tell you. He played for Just... Banfield, River Plate, Feyenoord, Bologna, Inter and Lazio. Who are you? Oh, incredible. The, the Argentina substitutes in full were obviously the three that came on. Oscar Astari, you might remember, I think played for Sunderland. Did he put Oscar Astari? I'm sure he played for Sunderland. Boys, I'm not going to lie. I looked up Julio Cruz. I've looked at his place of birth and I've misread Santiago as Stevenage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Uh, the, uh, the other under substitutes were uh, Inter Milan centre-back and Nicolas Bediso. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gabriel Melito, as Ben said. Uh, Lionel Scaloni, which I think you said, Harry. Yeah. Uh, Cambiasso, who came on. Imar, who was an incorrect answer that was said. Saviola, who was an incorrect answer. And the last two that weren't said were Rodrigo Palacio. And Lionel Messi. And Lionel Messi. And a certain little man called he, Lionel Messi. I do want to risk it purely for that time, yeah. Willie, where we go Lionel Messi. And he goes, Lionel Messi is an incorrect answer. We start yeah. laughing. And <laughs> yeah. really Honestly, I was waiting for it. I was waiting the whole time. <laughs> Boys, I've just seen this on uh, on Facebook to end the episode. <laughs> uh, Mo Sangare has just missed his debut by arriving at the wrong stadium. So solid work. <laughs> well done, excellent. Well, that was another episode of the Streets Don't Forget podcast. Pablo Imar, Ever Banega, and Esteban Cambiasso, and Lionel Messi. It's been a very Argentine episode. <laughs> the newest members of the Streets Don't Forget Hall of Fame. We'll be back next week. Make sure you tune in for that. In the meantime, please go and give us a five-star rating on Spotify. It really helps us out. Uh, and let, let us know what you thought of the episode. That'd be, that'd be good as well.
Uh, also, yeah. go follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. The Twitter is at SWF underscore pod. Harry, would you like to tell us the Instagram, please? Uh, Instagram is Streets Won't Forget Pod, and the TikTok is SWF underscore pod as well. We'll also make sure we post the Gary Neville newspaper clipping on, uh, on social media as well, so you can uh, you can enjoy looking at Gary Neville with a cricket bat. Uh, thank you very much for joining me, boys. No problem. The pleasure is always. No problem. We shall see you next week. Gira can hit them. Did Samuel was shot by Peppa Pig in 2004. Walter <laughs> Samuel got shot by Peppa Pig. Obviously, my please gang violence is getting out of control. Some of us still recording. Yes! <laughs> yes, we're still recording. We end up putting for Walter Samuel shot by Peppa Pig. <laughs>